This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. So we're going to jump into the Word this morning. We've been looking at a message called Moving Forward. And we talked about you have to move from your past to move forward. You can't live with regrets and disappointments. Uh, you can't live with the, the mistakes of the past and let them weigh you down. That we have to lay aside the weights that drag and hold us back. We have to run our race. And to do that, it's hard to do if you're weighed down. And then last week we talked about sin that easily, so easily besets us. And we can't afford to let sin have place in our life. I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm just saying that God knows when to put the spotlight on your life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Used to be in my younger days when I would work through a sin, I was so happy I thought I had arrived. There is nothing else there. I'm as clean as you can get. I had the Holy Spirit drain oh, and I am clean. And I was that way for, you know, about a week or two, and then the Lord would show me something else. So, huh, I thought we were finished with this. Something I didn't even know about that was wrong and I was doing. And we dealt with that. And then I'll never forget the day I was in, I was working and I went to the restroom and I washed my hands. I was obedient to the sign, washed my hands, took a towel, that threw it. Well, I missed. I, and you got to know, a basketball player, we don't miss much. A dunk, but I mean, anyway, missed it. And it lands on the floor, but I'm in a hurry. And the Lord made me come out. I ran to a meeting that I was late on. I'm sitting there. He said, what are you going to do about that? About what? Just as plain as day, what are you going to do about that? I'm, I'm looking at the guy. So what do you mean, this meeting? <laughs> he said, No. The paper you threw on the floor. I said, what? The paper you threw on the floor. And then I knew. I said, excuse me, I've got to run to the restroom. I had to go back and pick up that piece of paper and put it in the trash. Don't think you've ever arrived. And since that time, I've never, you know, we get past a hurdle or, or, or something, just say, thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to stay in your hands. You know when. The, the potter knows when to squeeze. <laughs> thank you for another. I didn't hear any amen, so thank you. <laughs> so in, in Romans chapter 8, I'm just going to hit the tail end of uh, the message Last week, go online and listen to it if you missed it. Romans 8, 33. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Is it God who justifies? Who is he who condemns? Is it Christ who died? And furthermore, is also risen? 
who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Coming from God, saying, condemnation, where does that come from? It's not coming from God. Saying, is, is God condemning you? Is Christ condemning you, the one who paid a price for you, who took your condemnation? Is he turning around condemning you? He's risen from the dead and he's interceding for you? Wouldn't that be something that um, you ask me to pray for you and I'm condemning you, then I say a prayer. I'm condemning you, then I say a prayer for you. I mean, no, that, that prayer is going nowhere. That's, and what he's saying here, God's not condemning us. So when you condemn yourself, you're exalting your condemnation of yourself against the word of God. If God's not condemning you, you need to stop. Oh, pastor, I feel bad. I've sinned. Good. I'm glad you feel bad. You know what to do about it. Take action. Go before the Lord and repent. Repentance is good. And he will bring cleansing for your soul. And that unrighteousness will leave you. And you can have peace. But don't get the idea that God's condemning you. Because he's not. He that is for us is not against us. And we saw that the Bible said that once for all. The sacrifice was made. The blood was spilled once, one time. Doesn't have to be repeated. And for all of us, for all mankind, the sacrifice was made. And then the scripture said forever. You're not going to be in heaven two billion years from now. And the Lord's not going to say, Bob, step into my throne room. We have a problem. Your debt was paid, but it's ran out. The price that was paid just wasn't sufficient. It lasted two billion years, but it's ran out. No, forever. Say forever. That's a longer time that we can even comprehend, really. Forever. And then the scripture says that he has perfected us, perfected those that are being sanctified. Perfected forever is what it says. That's you and me. We've been perfected. See, when you accept Jesus Christ and you make it from your heart, you make him the Lord of your life, salvation is instant. And on the inside, you get a brand new spirit made in the image of God. And that temple is not fashioned by man. It's fashioned by God. And the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside. But there's still some unrighteousness that can get into your life through your soul, your emotions, your attitudes, your reasoning, your thoughts, your speech. And you have to go to God and get cleansing for your soul. Doesn't it feel good to get the load off your emotions when you messed up? I've had many times when people say, I, I, I had this heaviness on me down, went to church, I got in God's presence. Why, you released it to him. You released the heaviness. And we need that cleansing for our soul. There's some people saying, I don't need to forgive. I don't need to ask forgiveness. I'm under grace. Well, I say you need forgiveness because you're under grace. 
you can go to the throne room of grace and receive mercy. And you can receive help. Mercy is when you have messed up. Anybody in here ever messed up? If you messed up, put your hand up. If your hand's not up, you're sinning. <laughs> but it says there's also help in time of need. Now, there's two times you need help. When you've messed up and when you haven't messed up. <laughs> Before you mess up. There is a help from God that will keep you from falling into temptation. Say, God, I need help in this area. Empower me. Enable me by your grace to overcome this. And he will. Hallelujah. Let me read to you Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. It says, Let us therefore come boldly without fear or condemnation to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy for our failures and find grace to help in time of need. So after you've blown it, you go to God and you receive that cleansing for your soul. But God will give you the grace to say no to temptation and the grace to say yes to his purpose and his plan. To his will in your life. The ability to make good choices. But to be joyful even in the whirlwind. Even in the chaos of life and the cares of life. To be positive when everything is looking negative around us. To be at peace when circumstances look like that God's not at work. But you can have joy in the midst of that. You can have peace in the midst of that. Because you're connected to God. Because you belong to him. And when you're moving forward, you've got to be able to come to that place of tapping into the joy of the Lord. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you need strength to move forward. It's easy to stay in your comfort zone. It's easy just to stay comfortable. But there's times God's saying, move. Move forward. Take this step. Do this. And you've got to be obedient but you need God's grace to do that. In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, and this is verse we, we, we ended with uh, last Sunday. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So we know we saw that we're not to even give place to the enemy or give him a foothold. And the best way to describe a foothold is when you have a rock wall and you see the little steps that you guys stand on. Anybody in here ever been on a rock wall? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. You get on those little steps, that's a foothold. You're not to give an enemy a foothold. But you give him a foothold, and he does this to your mind. He attacks the mind. The battle is in the mind. He comes against lies against the, the Word of God. He comes with deception. He twists truth. He comes uh, against what God has said. 
and you give him a little foothold, he gets comfortable there, and he starts building upon that lie until you start believing the lie, and he starts erecting this, this fortified place, this fortified building, this structure, this stronghold in your mind. And in, you find yourself at that point, you ever talk to someone, you can show them something clearly in scriptures, and they'll say, yes, but no. It's because they're defending the lie. They believe the lie, and it's become a stronghold, and they'll defend it. And it takes the word of God to, t to blow up that stronghold. It takes God's truth and you have to stop the, 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 the thinking. I have, you got to come to the place where you realize if it's exalted against the word of God, then that is actually an idol in my life. It's exalted over what God says. It's exalted over God. He said, my word and I are one. We talk about the Bible being a, a great book, but it's God, his word. Amen. That's the reason you need to be, you need to open your iPads, <laughs> you need to open your Bibles and get in the Word of God because there's so much out there that speaks contrary to what God said and His Word's not changing. His Word doesn't need a revision. It doesn't need to be changed. If God said it, that's the final answer. He has the final authority. So when my thinking is not in line with what he says, I have to change, not him. I have to repent of thinking, believing wrong, and I have to take upon me the truth. Say, so I'm going to believe this. I'm going to dismiss the lies. And that's the way our Christian life is. We're catching up with what happened in our spirit man. That became righteous. The Bible says that you are blameless, you're clean, you're holy. You, you have the righteousness of God. And when you look up what well, that righteousness, it means absolute perfection. Your absolute perfection in your spirit. The new creation part of you. Because it's like Christ. But you have this soul that can be out there. And it has to be, it's in a process we call transformation or renewing of the mind. And God will not do it for you. You have to do it. You have to take action. We have a responsibility. You used to say, Lord, just down, download the Bible into me. Have people say, well, can I put it on, uh, record my voice, you know, saying the scriptures. It'll, it'll go into my, my, my spirit even if I'm asleep. Yeah, it will. But it's not going to renew your mind that way. <laughs> it might go down to your spirit, but your mind is not getting it. You're looking for a shortcut. And I was too. I understand it. <laughs> well, I'm not, I don't want to speak the word over me anymore. I'm just going to record it. And I'm going to let it play. Will that take care of it? No. 
Just try that for your wife. <laughs> Bob, will you? Well, no question. Would you come to bed and it's about that time for sleep? Ellen, if you look in the bed, I've already I've, I placed some pillows there and there's a little recording. If you'll push the button, say, Good night, dear. Have a wonderful sleep. Rest. And then you'll hear a little kiss sound. That's me kissing you. Then you're surprised when you come in and the, the tape player's torn up, the pillow's torn up. Your side of the bed is, is gone. <laughs> Somehow it's been cut up. <laughs> God wants you. He doesn't want some recording. He wants you. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. <laughs> we need the, these, these patterns of unhealthy emotional responses. Areas of the flesh are addicted to sin have to be renewed to the Word of God. That's the reason we don't appoint a leader. The Bible says not appoint a leader too quickly, not to lay hands on them for leadership. Because if they don't have control of their emotions yet, you don't think the enemy is going to work them over? When you become a, a leader, I guarantee you that the enemy is going to attack you. <laughs> and your emotions will be worked on. And if you don't have a place of wholeness that you can hold your emotions and not lose control of your behavior, you're not ready to be a leader. Because the enemy is going to push your button. And then he's going to find some buttons you didn't even know you had. So you've got to have a place of stability and strength. Have your mind renewed to a place that you can walk in peace. Even when all hell's breaking out around you. And that's, that's what we're after. God can even give you a personality makeover. And he can. I've seen it where our lives are, are changed and personalities. Where God can take what is a, a strength for you. Uh, let's say you're uh, <clears throat> a, a really uh, what we call a mover and a shaker. You get things done. You're a strong-willed person. And that's your strength. But usually the weakness of that, you're prone to anger if you don't get your way, you don't have the best of people skills and people can get turned off real easy. What does God do? God's spirit comes in. You, you start renewing your mind and he causes you to be at peace. He helps you with that anger issue and you can still be productive. So God works on our personalities. You can have a personality makeover, but only God can change your personality. But he will, and he does, because we all have strengths, we all have weaknesses. But when you give it to the Lord, he works on those areas 
Aren't you glad he, he's still working on you and working on me? He's still at work. And that's the reason we have grace for each other. All right, let me see here. Okay, if you want to live a wonderful life filled with God's power and do all God has called you to do, then you must learn how to live with joy. Without this joy, which is available to us, you'll, you'll wind up miserable, depressed. And I was looking at some of the studies that they're saying the percentage uh, of, of Americans who are depressed, it's just skyrocketed. They're, they're in fear. They're in worry. And we're, we're all human. We all face places of discouragement. We all uh, face places that could easily pull us down and we could wind up worried about. And I mean, just the people who are worried about terrorist attacks are worried about, um, you know, financial situation, financial pressure, marriage pressure or they're raising teenagers and, and just having issues and problems and all these things are pulling on them and people are in fear. People are in worry and they're discouraged and depressed and their emotions are weighing them down, but that's not to be the place for a Christian. We're to rise above emotions. We can pull on and connect with the joy of the Lord, which overrides emotions. And you can live a joyful life in the midst of, of terrible circumstances. Because not everything's going to be right in the area of circumstances. Have you figured that one out yet? <laughs> it's not going to be till we get to heaven. Then it's going to be perfect. But while we're here on this earth, it's not going to be. So we're all human. I don't care how close you are to God. I don't care how many times God has used you. There will come times where the enemy and areas that you have to deal with discouragement or depression will try and lodge onto you. And some struggle more than others. Some are uh, maybe have a more of a tendency that way. And they have to press in more to, to God and, and get that overcoming joy to be released into the life. Let me say this. You might have a medical condition that causes depression. And you need to get medical help. There's nothing wrong with that. Please do that. Now, here is also a place where God wants to help. Even if it's a medical condition, he can heal. But I say go get medical help, which will help you believe and trust God in the process. And believe God to bring healing in, in the brain or the chemical balance, wherever is needed, you can believe God and he will heal that because he desires to. He paid the price for us to be healed in the soul area. That's what we've already been talking about, the emotions. He paid the price for that. Jesus bore all those negative emotions, all those, the, those painful uh, emotions that we deal with where we could tap in to the joy of the Lord that we can have access to, to his peace and we can overcome. Amen? Joy is a choice. That might surprise you, but it is a, a choice that we make. It's like anything in the world, we choose it. You have to desire it. You, you desire 
the fruit of the Spirit. Because joy is part of the fruit of the Spirit. You, you choose it. It doesn't just happen to you. You have to choose it. The gifts of the Spirit, you choose it. You desire it. That's the way this, this kingdom operates. It operates off of desire. God has paid the price. Your desire it accesses, and then, and then there's faith, and you receive. You start partaking of it. And the way that you cultivate this joy is, is when you read the Word, when you're praying, you're worshiping, you're speaking God's Word, you're cultivating joy. Because when you get God's perspective on things, there's joy. There's joy. Hallelujah. God's perspective is in his word. So we have to get in the Bible. We have, you have to love the word of God. It's so good. So awesome. So we must make the choice. Even when there's discouragement, these things are happening. To get up. To rise up. And how do you do this? First, you refuse to come in agreement with your feelings. And the first thing when I've told people this, well, I don't feel like it. I know it. <laughs> I know it. You've got to refuse to come in agreement with these negative feelings. You've got to make the choice. For you, you have to choose to do that. You can't let those feelings control you. And this is where you really, you'll grow and exercise your faith. Because those feelings are very close to us. And sometimes we want to keep the feelings for a while. Oh, Lord, can I forgive them later? I just want to stew a little bit. No, no. The less stewing you do, the more you're growing. When it's just a short stew and you're, you're growing. And you're coming to a strong place. You're maturing in the Lord. When you can get to the place where you just got hit pretty hard and it was just like, man, it is good. There's joy in you. There's a strength in you. And it's, it's his strength. You can live out of your spirit and bring emotions into check. You can do it. But it's a decision that you make. I prove it to you. You can do it with music. You can take, and with this uh, Apple music, Rob's got me on stuff. <laughs> I mean, I've gone through, I've gotten some childhood stuff I listened to as a kid. I can put down. I'm a kid again. I mean, I know what I'm doing. Everything, I'm, the, I'm this kid. And, and next thing you want to know, I, I'm thinking about maybe I, I was playing basketball. Some of the songs we used to do, canteens in high school. I don't know if you know about that. We'd have a band in. And uh, some of us played basketball. And we did some of these. We played all night and stuff. we get the gym open. We had all this music going. Some of them remind me of that. And, you know, I go out to the car there in the garage. And next thing you know, I'm looking over where the basketball is. I go over and I look at the basketball. I look at the goal. My childhood is trying to take back over. 
No, I got to go to work. <laughs> but your mood can change. Now, you take a song that gave you the blues. You remember last week, I, uh, the Lord prompted me to say, stop listening to the sad song that you're listening to. Because that sad song was causing the memory that was sad to you to be replayed over and over and over. You, now you know if you've had listened to, get some happy songs on there. Now you know if you've had an encounter with God or a great worship session with God, you know you can go back and hear that song and you're right back. Anybody experience that? You know what I'm talking about? Wow. So we need to make sure that we make a, a, a choice that I'm not going to let emotions or feelings dictate to me. I'm not going to let them dominate me. And you can change that thing. And what happens when I do that, when I, I give this to God, his grace kicks in and he gives me power to overcome it because I'm agreeing with him. I'm not going to let these emotions get me down. I'm not going to let these emotions, this fear. I mean, you watch the news, you just want to get in bed and put the covers over your head. You know, it's just nuts. Or you do like me and just stop watching. All you got to do is watch once a week and you can catch it all. <laughs> it's just a repeat. But we've got to tune in to good news. It's with the day and time of technology and so much information out there, make sure that you tune in to truth and reality and God's word, God's presence. You've got to. More than ever, it's, it is so important that we do that. When you make a decision not to allow emotions to rule you, God's power enables you to shake it off. And I thought about Paul. You remember when the, he was getting the firewood, they were cold, they were wet, they landed on the beach, and, and, and Paul gets some wood and a snake attaches itself to him. And what did he do? He shook it off. That is what you have to do with those feelings. You got to shake it off. Just shake it off. Now, how many think that Paul was, he just played, hmm, I'm just going to play around with the snake for a while. I'm going to let it stay attached. I like to seeing, you know, all the, all the natives here, I like seeing their reaction. Oh, look at this. Some of them are bowing down. They think I'm, it hadn't killed me yet. They think I'm God, you know. Or how many think Paul went, sure, he was human. He jerked that thing off so fast. I mean, he wasn't thinking about it. He did just like you and I would do. That's what you have to do feeling. Get rid of that snake. That's what you have to do feelings. You can't pet a cake on the own. I want to feel sorry for myself for just a few minutes. And the Holy Spirit's going, you belong to me. I've got your back. The future's going to be all right because I'm in the future. I'm in the future. And I've seen the future. And you look better than you do today. <laughs> mm. 
I'm telling you, shake it off. And some of you need to shake it off right now. Stand up. I mean, it's, I just, all of you stand up. So we all have stuff we need to shake off. But just, take, just shake off those thoughts, those emotions, those feelings that don't line up with the Word of God. They have no place in your life. They weigh you down. We want the joy of the Lord. Now lift your hands and say, I want the joy of the Lord. I want the joy of the Lord to overcome those negative emotions, those feelings of doubt, insecurity, those feelings of rejection, of abandonment. I want the joy of the Lord. And I receive that joy because it's mine. It's been bought for and paid for. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. And that joy is my strength. Hallelujah. Give God thanks. Give him praise. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Shake that stuff off. One of the hardest things is living with a miserable person. But let me tell you, a harder thing is if you're the miserable person. But there's stuff, there's grace. You have a friend or, or someone who's dealing with uh, depression stuff. There's grace in helping you to minister to them. Let me tell you I, what I do if I sense discouragement. My soul starts to dominate my spirit. I take some extra time with God. So I've, I've got to get away right now, and I'll go before God until I get the spirit superseding the soul. And there's times you have to do that. Maybe you're getting hit several different ways in several different places, and do it. Time out. Time out from life. Where are you going? I'm going to the prayer closet. I'm going to the secret place. I'm getting with God. Taking some extra time with him. Come, I go into the closet as Clark Kent beat up like this. I come out as Superman. Got my cape on. What happened to you in that closet? <laughs> the presence of God. And he reassured me that he's telling the truth. And that he's with me and he'll never leave me or forsake me. And what happened is this joy started springing up within me. See, joy is deeper than just happiness. Happiness occurs when good circumstances happen to you. Happiness happens to you when you go to the movie. But the next day, you're not up at work and you're like this. What happened to you? I went to a movie. No, it's way past that, that happiness is gone, you know, or whatever it is, watching sports or, you know, whatever it is, a hobby, you know, there's, you're, you're happy with that. But joy supersedes circumstances. It doesn't matter. It's something deep on, on the inside. It, it doesn't come from your soul realm. It comes from your spirit realm where it's unchangeable truth and reality of God's kingdom and God's glory. So we have something to be joyful about. We really do. Hallelujah. 
That's the reason even in the midst of loss and discouragement and pain, you can have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Maybe your loved one went to be with the Lord, but you have joy unspeakable and full of glory because he's with the Lord. You know where he is. You know you'll see him again. That's the strength of joy. And the joy of the Lord is the strength of your life. We need his strength. We need his joy. In Psalm 1611, you show me the paths of life and when you learn the promise of joy, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When you learn to practice his presence in your life, those daily prayers and, and worship, spending time in the word, you begin to cultivate that joy, God's joy in your life. I like this. This St. Augustine said this, he, and he talked about a secret that he knew. He said, there is a joy which is not given to the ungodly, but to those who love thee for thy own sake whose joy thou, thou thyself art, and this is the happy life, to, to rejoice to thee, of thee, for thee. This is it, and there is no other. He found that the secret to life was getting your joy in the Lord, or he is your joy. And being with him is joy. And he lives on the inside of us. His presence is in us. When you focus on the negative things or circumstances and the, the people around you, maybe these things are going on, you've got to make sure you don't get negative or take on that spirit. You ever been around someone who's just negative all the time? And what happens, if people are avoiding you and don't want to be around you, you probably need to make an adjustment and get the negativity out. If you don't want to hang around yourself, that's a key indication no one else wants to. And we have to get God's perspective and see through his eyes. One of the definitions of, of glory, the glory of God, is having his view or perception of the things the way they really are. That's glory when I have his perception, his perspective. Of the things really are. You need to renew your mind from negative thoughts to positive things in the Word. You need to learn to close your mouth and stop all the negativity. Stop the complaining and the whining. And some of us, we like to whine. But you got to stop that. Nip it in the bud. Well, is there a time for me to release my emotions? There is. If there is a good legitimate reason... But just because you burnt the toast isn't a reason to run your day and everyone else is at work and for you to whine and complain. A lot of things we whine and complain about aren't worth whining and complaining about. All you got to do is look at a testimony of some, uh, some people in Africa who are doing water and that five miles going down to get water every day and it's contaminated water, and that the kids are dying. <laughs> and what we're complaining about doesn't matter. Oh, I broke a button on my coat. Woe is me. The enemy has attacked me unmercifully. I think I will go into a depression for a few days. Don't talk to me. 
unless you want to know. This button broke. Okay. Stop the gossiping. Stop focusing on everything that's wrong. Start focusing on what is right in your life. Even if you have to get to the point, God loves me. He's forgiven me. I'm not going to hell. That's some pretty big things to be thankful about. <laughs> Make the choice to be thankful. We got to choose to be thankful. We choose to praise him. Because reality is we have a lot to be thankful about. A lot that we've been blessed about. First Thessalonians 5.16. Be happy in, in your faith and rejoice and be glad-hearted continually. Always be unceasing in prayer, praying perseveringly. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer, meditator of that will. Do not quench, suppress, or subdue the Holy Spirit. See, you're quenching the Holy Spirit when you're not thankful. It says don't thank him for everything, said thank him in everything. In it, the will of God is for you to have a thankful heart. And when you're not, you're suppressing the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Let me skip on down here. Joy comes from the presence of God inside of you. And you can, like I said, cultivate that presence. Joy is a result, kingdom of God within you. Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the, in the Holy Spirit. And it's in the order for a reason. It's a righteousness, peace, and joy. If you don't have joy in your life, go back and check righteousness and peace. If you're not established in righteousness, that you know that God loves you, that once for all, perfected forever. That God uh, has accepted you and sees you as blameless, holy in his sight in Christ. You're not going to get to God. Do you have the peace established in righteousness? And then in peace, are you at peace with God? Do you have the peace of God? He's made peace with you, but do you have the peace of God? And the way you do that, you have a clean conscience. Some things that you need to ask forgiveness for. Some things you need to deal with. You need to get peace. You're not going to have joy till you have righteousness and peace in your life. But then you can have joy. So it's the kingdom is in order for a reason. I'm trying to get joy. I just can't get there. Go back and check your peace. Then go back and check your identity, your, who you are in Christ. Because you need to get established in the area. So here at the end it says uh, in your notes there, I choose to live out of my spirit and bring my emotions in alignment with God's word. I choose to speak God's word over myself and refuse to let anything dominate me. I choose to consistently renew my mind to align with God's word. I choose to be a thankful person. I choose to focus on God's perspective causing joy to be released into my life. And there are so many scriptures on joy. I'll just read you uh, a few real quick. Uh, Psalms 51, 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation. There's a joy of salvation. 
and make me willing to obey you. Psalms 90, verse 14, satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so we may sing for joy for the, to the end of our lives. His unfailing love should cause us to sing for joy. Psalms 92, 4, for you make me glad by your deeds, O Lord. I sing for joy at the works of your hands. Has he done some things by his hands? Has he done some mighty deeds, some mighty works? That should cause us to sing for joy. Isaiah 12, verse 3. All the joy of drinking deeply from the fountain of salvation. Isaiah 51, 11. So the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. Sorrow and sighing shall flee away. John 15, 9, as the Father has loved me, Jesus speaking, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you'll remain in my love. Just as I obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be complete. He said, my joy, you get Jesus' joy. I mean, no, Jesus isn't worried about anything. We can, I mean, know that he doesn't have any doubt. It's not, we get his joy. We connect to his joy. It's about him. Hallelujah. That excites me. Acts 2, 28, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Acts 13, 52, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Acts 16.34, the jailer brought them to his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. Mm. He and his whole family. 2 Corinthians 7.4, I have great confidence in you. I take great pride in you. I'm greatly encouraged. In all our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. That's Paul. When they persecute you, count in his joy. Wow. And then the, the, the last one here, because you, you start seeing the weight uh, of what Jesus did. Hebrews 12, 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the altar and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning his shame, its shame, and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. The joy that was set before him, he went to the cross. He went to the cross with joy. The strength of that joy caused him to go through the cross. And we are that joy. We were the joy that was set before him. That God the Father and Jesus' Son would have us as sons and daughters. They didn't have a family. Wow. The power of joy. And there's a supernatural. We'll talk some more next week uh, about joy. But let's bow our heads for just a moment. I'll give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. And maybe you prayed before, you've asked him in, but you know today that you're not right with God. Or maybe... There's been no joy, and you recognize this morning that there's an issue, there's a problem. 
And I want, in just a few moments, we'll have some people down here to pray for you. Come and receive prayer. Because lives are changed at this altar. When you come and receive prayer, things happen. So I want to invite you down if you're not tapping into that joy. But this morning, if you never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, I mean surrendering your life to him. You're finished with being in control, being uh, the commander of your life. You want to turn it over to him and give it to him and let him lead you. Let him guide you. Let him direct you. Follow him. That's what I'm talking about. You mean that from your heart today. He received you. He's waiting on you. He loves you. And if that's you, I want you to lift your hand. No one looking around and say, that's me today. Maybe you want to get right with him. Just lift your hands for either one. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray together. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying, taking my place, getting the punishment the curse, the sins, the shame, the guilt that I deserved. Thank you for loving me so much. I receive your love and I surrender my life and I call you Lord and Savior and I'll follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for saving me. Holy Spirit, engage in my life have free reign in my life. Empower me to live for God. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Jesus' name. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.